Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nice. And I was just editing a video about Mathieu van der Poel and I was saying how smart Benji was with his Latolf. I think it's Latolf. We never got the pronunciation correct on how that segment works. Latolfe, <laughs> it's now Spanish. Anyway. This is the Paranese Stage 2 recap. And before we get into the recap of Paranese Stage 2, I just want to let you know about a race on tomorrow, the Healthy Aging Tour. It's a 2-1. It's the only women's stage race on for quite a while. They had problems getting funding or getting the economics or finances in place to pay for a live stream. But that seems to be in place. Eurosport have put out a release saying, They'll have some sort of coverage. I'm not sure if it's live or not. So it's on Eurosport. And I want to let you know about the Drops, Drops Lecole, Lecole being our show partner and sponsor who make this podcast possible. They're racing in it, Drops. And it's a really strong start list, actually. So they've got Elizabeth Bennett, I think, is one of their main riders. Their kit is absolutely fired. Every other team in purple take note of the Drops Lecole kit. Uh, there's Trek Segafredo Racing, Canyon Shram. SD Works, you might have heard of them, pretty good women's team. Uh, <laughs> Theratizit, Pro Cycling, Yumbo Visma Women, Movistar. So it's all the big guns. So don't let the 2-1 um, designation fool you. So tune into that race and check out Drops in particular. Maybe just make them your uh, women's team if you don't have one. Make them your team for the season. They're only a Conti team, so they're a bit of an underdog. So I like cheering for them as well. But onto this Paranese Stage 2. It was a flat stage, 188 k's from Enville sur Monsien to Amélie, 188 k's. They were supposed to be, in theory, crosswinds possibly in this sort of stage in Paranese, but it wasn't particularly strong. Wind, as I said in the preview, the finish, the main tricky part of this stage was the two right-hand corners, 150-degree corners with 3 k's to go, I think, or 2.5, and 450 metres to go in particular. And then it's like a dip in, a dipper and then a sort of drag to the finish. Um, so positioning is key in the last oh, the last three Ks, really. But what happened with this stage, Benji? Did we get any proper crosswind action? Was it just a bit of crosswind foreplay? Um, what was the uh, race situation? And who took the intermediate sprints, if you, if you know that as well? So we had some crosswind action. I'll go over the intermediate sprint first, the first one at least. We had Matthews taking that ahead of Johnny Vermeer's. No, Florian Vermeer's, wrong team. And Lampard for the Koenig. Those were the first three riders. Again, Matthew's going for it. Clearly trying to set some kind of standard for that yellow jersey in one of the coming days. He has a really close. And perhaps at the end of the stage, he might have ended in it. We'll talk about it in a second. But after that, we had echelons. A bit of echelons. Not too much. There was a split in the peloton. So we had some action for a while. Split into three groups. The first group being way too big to put up a, a real echelon. So... It wasn't really likely to continue happening and definitely because the wind just wasn't strong enough to keep going. They'd have to spend a lot of their energy to keep it going and that's not necessarily worth it for some of the teams that were acting in it. We had another intermediate sprint. This time it wasn't Matthews winning it. He lost an intermediate sprint by none other than Andre Greipel. 
taking the full three seconds there ahead of Matthews and Paulet. So looks like Greipel's trying something as well. I'm completely unaware what Greipel can see in that sprint. He can't get the yellow jersey because I don't know how he would expect to do that. Definitely not in the time trial and likely not by winning multiple sprint stages before that time trial because, well, there are none anymore. He's, so, he's going uh, for GC. <laughs> he's going to win on the mountain stage. I can feel it. He's realized <laughs> he's going for GC now. That he's like, I can only do 600, 1600 watt peak, not 1900. So it's time for GC. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think uh, looking at that Greipel power data from UAE tour, he still could do 1600 watts. Yeah. He still hit that peak. It's like, it's yeah, so I don't know what, what he was doing when he was winning <laughs> a lot of races. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> 2000. <laughs> yeah. 8,000 exactly. watts. <laughs> Anyway, we had a lot of crashes today. I don't even want to like jump into know, every single yeah. one, but I think one of the the harshest ones seemed to be George Bennett, who fell over some nasty road furniture going into a small town. And everybody when watching it was like, okay, concussion test, please. Now, he uh, looked a bit dizzy when he was starting to go back up. I sincerely doubt how he was allowed to get back on his bike instantly without any check of concussion. Let's hope they did afterwards because just didn't look very very amusing to me because we spoke about that in last year's Tour de France I think where Bardet had something similar happen on the crash where Molima crashed as well out of the tour so yeah it's a topic that comes up often these days and perhaps should be looked into a bit more in my opinion I'm not sure what your take on it is yeah it's it's so difficult with so, like the moving sport that is cycling I haven't put enough thought in, into it to provide a um a proper answer just that the, probably the, the present scenario or way of dealing with it is inadequate that's all i okay. have to say at the moment another crash viermos leisen Touze, and viermos had to abandon the race because of a broken collarbone as a consequence so yeah this race is cursed at this point after that another crash mulberger arayave and Mulberger yeah. seemed to be a, a bit behind. Wait, what? Sorry, what? I oh, know, I know. I was just lamenting. I was just saying, oh, okay. it's just crazy. Um, oh, can I update on Port? News came through that Port. Yeah, you can. Didn't 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 have uh, any fractures. Just kind of banged up and sore. He's going back home to train and recover, which is good news. It was obviously yes. sucked yesterday, but I, it was it looked like oh no, he, he's really holding that hip. He could have actually fractured his hip or something, but no breaks or fractures apparently. Sorry, Benji, I'll let you continue with the crash list. Unfortunately, it, it's not done yet, but Mulweger, he went on his bike, he came back up, he had aspirations for GC in this Paris-Nice, nice. he wanted to try and see where he can get, and unfortunately, uh, it probably isn't completely ruined, but it's not ideal, obviously, hitting the deck like this. We saw him time trial back together with his team for the last, like, 10 kilometers, even in the last kilometer, they were looking back at Mulweger for a second there to see if he was still coming back. And I think, uh, I'm not sure where he ended, if he lost time or anything. Um, but in the end, it's certainly not ideal for Milberger to to have this happen to him. It wasn't in the last three kilometers. And it looks like he was back in the group, if I'm looking at it correctly at the moment. So I guess that's good for Milberger. So I'm glad he's, he's not losing time here. And it basically was a very slow race for a bit in, until the last four kilometers. Because then suddenly... They went around the roundabout and like it was like somebody threw a grenade and everybody was trying to ride away from it because like instantly he, some gaps in the peloton opened up. We had people sprinting to the front for positioning. The cleric suddenly at the front again to try and set tempo. We had Trek up there. We had Bora up there. 
everybody was trying to get into those positions at the front because we know those corners are coming. You mentioned it. And there's also a bit of an uphill section with a good 1.5 kilometer to go. And also decided to uh, have some people move to the front again. Like Bora was pacing pretty highly on that uphill section. For Ackerman, I think they were just trying to put him into position and they just had to ride fast to keep him in that position. But then they had a downhill section pretty fast after that uphill section. And that was a pretty nasty part because that goes straight into that final corner that your boy Lantern here spoke about. And unfortunately, another crash. Ackerman, like... Oh, Jordi Mayers. No, no T-Man, no, no, Jordi no, no, Mayers. No, no. My, my bad, my bad, my bad. It was no, 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 it looked like Ackerman. Yeah. It was and yeah. Jordi Mayers, big guy too. So everyone was like, yeah. oh no, is it Ackerman? It, it was Jordi Mayers, I think. I remember um, now, my bad. But yeah. yeah, like it's not ideal, obviously, all these crashes, but it was also just not a very nice run into the sprint. A lot of people shoulder barging each other. What are, what are the things you noticed in the last two kilometers? I'll run through what happened first, and then I think we'll talk about, you know, maybe our disappointment with how some of the riders have been riding. Um, so DSM obviously listened to my preview video and they had Tash Pinot did a magnificent job today, by the way, keeping Bowl really close to the front. They then had that last right-hand corner and Merku was like 10th, 12th wheel with Bennett with 700 meters to go. And I was like, that's all right. We saw it at UAE last week. He can move up from there. Remember the stage, Benji, where Decker and Viviani pinched Ewan? And Murku moved Bennett up the whole of the left-hand side from 800, 800. Well, the legs, the same legs weren't there today. Uh, and you could see going into that last corner with 500, they were still 12th wheel, 15th wheel. And Bennett was on Murku's wheel. Murku was laying off whoever was in front of him. And I was like, well, Murku giveth and he taketh away. Like Bennett's adherence to sticking on Murku's wheel wins him so <laughs> many sticky. races. It wins him yeah. so many races, but it, it, it cost him today for sure. I still think he was like one of the quickest today, judging from how he hit the line. But he didn't jump ahead of Merku. Maybe Merku should have flicked him because they went through that corner. Yeah. Everyone goes from zero to 100, not 100, 60 again, um, <laughs> kilometers an hour, <laughs> max effort. And Merku lost a wheel, uh, about 10th wheel. And whereas Pedersen's on the third wheel with Sturvin in front of him, Ackerman surfing his wheel. Matthews is up there. Case Bowler's been dropped off in perfect position on, uh, I think, Pedersen's wheel. And Bennett then has to close that big gap to them. So he's out of contention. Through the corner, I was like, he can't win from there, even though he's got the best legs out of all of them. And then Case Bowl, as Sturvin was finishing his lead out, he dropped them off at about 225, 200. It was like a, it was a dipper where they come in slight descent and then it goes uphill again. Case Bowl jumped he like laid off and then hit Pedersen's slipstream and jumped before Pedersen jumped, got the run on them, and massive kick from the big Dutchman and um, beat them easily. easily. He was G'd up too. Yeah, he like really got the jump on them. DSM, perfect work from DSM today. Hats off to them. We've given them a bit of shit in the past, and Bowl particular, probably rightly. Like, he's an inconsistent rider, Benji. He's either like not top fifteen or he's top three of a Tour de France or winning a Paris knee sprint so he won uh who was second benji pedersen second again who well, he was third yesterday and he nearly came second matthew's third which is nice important. from him yeah which we'll, we'll mention is important cockard fourth and bennett hitting the line quicker than almost anyone fifth denkob sixth ackerman 
Disappointing again, 7th, Bauhaus, 8th, Philipson, 9th, and Rudy Barbier, 10th. So what does the Matthews coming 3rd, Bennett 5th mean for GC, Benji? Well, it caused the bonus seconds from the intermediate sprints to come into play because in the last couple of stages, Matthews has been getting those intermediate sprint seconds that I was yesterday completely unaware that he could even get into this position. But yeah, you were right in the preview. There's enough intermediate sprints to do a lot here. And today he was able, with that third position, to gain the full bonus seconds you get by getting third. And that gave him full bonus seconds on Bennett because, well, if Bennett would have gotten third, then Bennett would have gotten those four seconds and they would have been equal on GC. And I think because Bennett has been closer on multiple stages, that gets combined and then Bennett would have been ahead of Matthews if they had the same time, if my logic is correct. But uh, yeah, Matthews gets the yellow jersey in Paris-Nice for a day or two, depends. Uh, it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be close, but... He's got an opportunity, but we'll go into that in a second. Like, yeah, RG Bargy, let's talk about it. I know. Um, I was going to call out individual riders, but I actually think it's a general thing, Benji, that there's Everything just a lack except of... Everything except ball. Yeah. There's yep. a lack of respect amongst them all at the moment. Um, yesterday, we saw Laporte causing that crash with Scotson. He bumped into Cockard way too much it's like it's too much it's not just everyone's like oh rubbing is racing no 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 there's rubbing leaning on someone that's different to coming up to someone who's like cockars on demar's wheel laporte comes over throws his whole body weight and hip into him hits scotson causes a, a massive crash at 65 k's an hour again today cockard and co fighting for wheels pedersen i think cockard was squeezing pedersen and then pedersen gave him a massive shoulder uh, Sam Bennett is like consistently just way over the top with people who aren't even doing anything dangerous. He'll throw his whole body weight into them. We've seen him do it to Quintana. He's been DQ'd uh, for what he did to Leipinge at the Vuelta. He's If he keeps going like this, he's going to get DSQ'd again this season because he was just lucky that Buani or whoever it was, the Arkea rider. I mean, it only if they go down, he's going to get relegated disqualified from the stage but when they don't go down it's just me and you complaining about it so <laughs> he he's seems to be playing bully ball who else benji uh matthews did the ackerman to ackerman in the last sprint not as bad as ackerman at shelter price but ackerman came out of a wheel and nearly chopped ackerman ackerman wasn't happy about that so it's just a lot of issues. What, what do you think it is? Is it just a bad couple of stages? Do you think people are just so desperate for wins right now? I know it's it's much different than even the stage before because it happened in the stage before, but much less in my opinion than in this stage. In this stage, which at the last kilometer was everybody hitting each other except for Kesbol, who had his lead out on the right side of the road. Everybody tried to swerve around Kesbol and DSM, and that's where everything happened. Like three shoulder barge in like two seconds by Pedis and by Kokar. I think Matthews was in between there, but I don't know if he actually did anything, so I can't tell that. But the only person I didn't see doing anything today when it comes to his shouldering and such was Kiz Ball. So I'm so happy that yeah, he won. Yeah, he's 92 kilos. <laughs> no one squeezes him. It probably. proves that you don't need to do this shit to win a stage. Like, yeah. No. I think the reason I criticize riders for it is it often costs them stage placings. Yep. Demar fucking around with Sturvin so much yesterday cost him so much momentum and speed 
that he was distracted when Ackerman and Maus jumped to the left. And I now I didn't think what Demar did was completely over the top, but he like it distracted him and he was too focused on Nana. I'm gonna push back and and shoulder check Sturman back in place. And yeah, I think it's it's a waste of time half the time. And as you say, it's not necessary. It's different when I think Laporte was trying to squeeze Sturvin. I think Sturvin should have tried to hold Demar's wheel yesterday. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a cumulative thing, Benji, that a couple of riders do it in one stage, then they don't get punished. Then the next sprint stage, everyone starts doing it because they're like, well, if that's the way it's going to be, then I'm going to have to be aggressive myself. But yeah, yeah it's, it's going to end up uh, with the mass crash eventually and the person who does it will get disqualified and then people say, well, that's not consistent with the rule, how it's been applied previously and we'll say, whatever, we've been talking about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> people are probably sick about hearing But Case Bowl, Benji, people always like to make fun that I'm a Case Bowl hater just because I said... There was a just because I said the odds on him not winning a TDF stage last year were good value. I was correct. Um, that didn't mean <laughs> I said he was going to be a terrible sprinter for the rest of his career. Um, what do you make of his win today? And do you think we should be expecting him to be consistently placing top five in World Tour bunch sprints, or is the consistency the main problem at the moment? I don't know. I think yesterday his problem was his lead out. Uh, didn't bring him to a position that he could remotely complete, compete in because he ended up like 30 even the stage. So that shows a lot. Today, he was in a good position. He was near the top. And that shows that he can out-sprint the others. And like, it's not even close. The difference of speed that he had compared to the others was insane. I think the only person today who was faster than Case Bowl was Bennett, who came from like 25 years behind and still ended up fourth. But it's a really strong sprint by Bennett once again. He had to do everything alone today. Merku did not bring him to the position that he was competable in. And that's kind of the stuff we've been saying for so many times. Like, the victories of Bennett don't depend on Merku all the time. But Merku allows Bennett to not have to care so much about the positioning because Merku usually takes care of that. And today, I was not the case. Today, he stayed in the wheel of Merku. Yeah, well, I was surprised as well. I was like, oh my God, we're going to see it. We're going to see a major move by Merku on the right, passing everybody in the last kilometer. But he was just completely done. And the moment that Bennett went around him, his head went down and he was like, oh, I'm so done. Like, we don't see that often by Merku, this vulnerability. And I'm kind of glad we do because I enjoy seeing the limits of riders as well. It would have been a bit crazy if he found a way to worm his way out of that situation this time around. So, yeah, honestly. Still an impressive rider that he can obviously not be a superman here, I think. On to stage three, the ITT, the all-important one from Jean to Jean. It's 14 Ks, 102 meters of uh, elevation gain. There's a 300 meter pinch, 10.6% in the first two kilometers. And then the last oh, 300, 500 meters, yeah, about 400 meters is uphill as well. They should average well over 50Ks an hour, though. I'm trying to see the updated GC standings, Benji, to see how much ahead of Roglic or Dennis uh, Michael Matthews is. Uh, So, well, Michael Matthews is two minutes ahead of Dennis, and he is 14 seconds ahead of Campanarts. I think tomorrow is the best chance for Campanarts to take 
a leader's jersey in a long, long time. No Felipe Gana here. 14 seconds to Matthews. He did the Milan TT, which he came second in 30 seconds behind Ghana, same time as Dennis, stage 21 Giro last year, is the same distance, same elevation gain, relatively non-technical. I think Campanats will take yellow tomorrow, about two to four seconds, two to six seconds ahead of Matthews. I think Dennis will win the stage, and I think Roglic will gap all the other GC contenders will put time into them. Do you disagree with any of that, or do you have your own hot takes? I'm going to go and say that I think that Campanats is going to win this time trial. And I'm not saying this because of my Belgian bias, because I am I think I prefer Dennis over Campanats. But I think right here is a situation where it's the perfect length for Campanats' time trial. It's like in Agreed. between a time trial and a prologue. And we've often seen the European champs he won was also between 14 and 20 kilometers, if I recall correctly. He's really decent at those. In the shorter ones, he gets beaten by the top-notch riders like Ghana and such. In the longer ones, he gets beaten by, yeah, depending on the day, really. So I believe that Campanots could genuinely win the stage as well, perhaps take yellow as well, and that would be such a huge thing for him. Like, he, he obviously always hoped to be the best in time trial. He said once that that's why he chose to be a time trialist, because it's a discipline where needs to focus on one thing and he wants to become the best at it and he's probably seen over the last couple of years that it's not really going his way there with Gana moving on to the scene and such he's realizing that we've seen him this year already moving into other disciplines on the goals going on to the attack in the summer 20 fucking times crazy stuff and in the end I think that this would be a, a huge thing for him would be a huge thing for Quebec as well I think Matthews, I do also believe that he could sustain it. It's going to be really close, but it think, like, yeah. oh, it's on the edge. But I think Campanarts would take it over uh, over homeboy here, over Matthews. What about Pedersen? Pedersen's four seconds behind Matthews on GC. Ooh, that's actually a very good point. <laughs> Campanarts, that's going to be close. This is going to be a, such a good tease. I'm so excited for tomorrow. Like we've yeah. got Jersey properly up for grabs. Stage win up for grabs. I, Ghana's awesome, but it is, let's be honest, it's more interesting having someone else be up to win the stage. We're going to see Dennis level, and then we're going to see Roglic, Sharkman. Is Roglic, I think Roglic is going to put time to Sharkman on a flat TT. And unfortunately, no port here. Gagan Hart. Is Gagan Hart going to, how far behind Roglic is he going to be? Is he going to be same level as Roglic? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I, think I don't believe Gagan Hart is close to Roglic's time trial capability. I think Roglic 14k flat TT is actually what he's good at. Yeah. <laughs> like compared to a mixed TT, I think this is what he's. I mean, right, he's he could even it. win it. Soren Anderson as well. We've got so many people that could win. Bissiger. and I love it. Bissiger was 15 seconds behind Ghana on the same time trial parkour in UAE last week or 13k is about 90 12k is 90 meters elevation basically the same here basically 15 seconds behind Ghana. he has to be considered as well um, check with i would i would dare to write shockman down for charm trolls algarve last year i think Barinis did no, tt no, last no. year as well second on he's some he likes a, he likes a slow tt he likes the tts he's won the rolling hills 47k's average the Basque country one was 39k's average basically yeah. same time Campanarts Benji I reckon <laughs> I don't know I I don't know who's going to take yellow 
I'm going to go with Bissiger taking yellow. Um, the, the Swiss rider <laughs> just to be out there. And I, yeah, Roglic stamping his authority. Why are we not mentioning Cavagnac? He's not as good as them. In time trial? Nah, he's not as 14 good. 14 kilometer. Ah. I think we're going to be surprised about Cavagnac. He's also on, what is he on, Cavagnac? He's, he's, he's good, but he's not as seconds. good. 14 seconds. Oh, you can also so take yellow. <laughs> if you skip the last couple of stages, tune in for the TT tomorrow. It's going to be a banger, I think. Vlasov, yep. Benji, you think his TT is going to be improved or is he going to shell 50 seconds to Roglic? No, nah, 45, 50 seconds. I, I don't believe in it. I don't. But Groschartner, also 14 seconds behind in GC, also has a time trial. We've got a lot of members here that could do well. He's not beating Campanas. <laughs> uh, come Campanas on, I'm hoping this is a banger, man, dude. <laughs> yeah, that would be... Imagine if everyone is within, like, I don't know how many seconds of each other. Um, your boy, Cry Anderson, is also on uh, 14 your seconds. Your boy. <laughs> and before Yukiya Arashiro comes out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've, I've, been quite, I've been excited for a stage like this, I think, for all year. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. I love the TTs. All right. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. If you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comments before the stage starts, preferably, who you think is going to win the stage, who you think is going to take yellow, and which of the GC contenders is going to uh, set the best time. I think it's going to be Roglic. I think Biska takes yellow, and I think Dennis is going to win the stage. Uh, Benji picked Campanats for the stage. Roglic for best GC. Who did you have for yellow? Campanats too? Oh. Campanars or something, but I just want a good raise. I don't really care. Make sure you tune in as well. Starting tomorrow to Healthy Aging Tour Stage 1, which I think is live broadcast. I've just been told by Eurosport slash GCN. Check out Drops Coles kit there. Hope you well. We'll see you tomorrow. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.